Hey, Stiller Nation, it's Robert Golden, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker. With me is Steeler Nation contributor and host of the Personal Foul podcast, Colton Gesser. Colton, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Glad to be here and uh, ready to talk some more Steelers football. Couldn't, couldn't be better. Awesome. And, and we have a plenty of Steeler football to talk about. You and I were just touching base on this before we uh, uh, came on live, but I think the first thing we should start the show off with was what an incredible weekend for Steeler Nation. I mean, number one, just owning the Hall of Fame game, but then having five Steelers inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. How did you feel about it? How did the speeches sound to you? Who are you starting off with? For me, I got to start off with my man, Alan Fanica. Um, it's my favorite player ever, so I got to clearly start off with him. Um, his speech was impactful. I mean, they all were. Um, they're yeah. all great in their own rights, but um, just him talking about his struggles with epilepsy and oh. just how that didn't bother him and that didn't stop him from getting where he wanted in his career and, and life. And he just, oh, man, it just it was awesome. Like, if you didn't shed any tears watching any of these oh. – um, speeches from Coward, Troy, to Donnie Shells, to Fanica's. Um, I mean, geez, Louise. And don't forget uh, none as well. Um, it was just a great weekend, man. But for sure, I got to start off with Fanica. I mean, that was awesome. And I had some people message me. They're like, did you think Troy could talk that well? And like the big words Troy's re- Troy was using. I think Troy made it a statement that he may have been quiet on the field, but he has plenty of knowledge. And man, his, yeah. his speech was awesome. And just the way he talked about the black and gold. Yes. Uh, my favorite part of that was to gain the respect of players before you. And if they said you can play with us, that just sort of showed how big <laughs> he loved the Steelers. Oh. And same thing with Fanica's speech too. He yeah. was like, thank you for the Jets and Cardinals, but Steeler Nation, baby, you know what it meant for all these guys right. that got put in Coward included family. They, they all these family, players, family. That was it. All of them said family at one point or another in that speech. Yep. Cower said it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I just, I wish I was there. Um, You know, it just, oh my gosh. I can't wait to go to Canton. I was there um, two years ago. Can't wait to go back now, man. Add all those steers and I can't wait. Yeah. But what a great weekend just to be there. And and like Bill Nunn also, like obviously he was posthumously put in, couldn't really do a speech, but uh, you know, it's still freaking incredible that, five Steelers got recognized this past weekend, Bill Cower as well. You know, it's just such a fun time. And you saw all those terrible towels waving in Canton, Ohio. You, you could tell the reactions when the Steelers got on the podium, they felt like they were back in Pittsburgh for one last final game. And you can tell like Bill Cower was visually emotional watching the Steeler uh, faithful saying spinning the towels here we go Steelers um you know it was really just awesome to see as a fan as a terrible towel waver myself that you know it just how impactful it is and how close it is to Pittsburgh you know Kansas right down the road it's a fun trip for Steeler fans and there's a ton of Steeler fans right there in Ohio as well yeah and it was probably my one of my favorite parts of Cower's speech was literally when he mentioned how Troy and Fanker and two guys he drafted going in the same day as him um, it's just, that's wild. It's just really crazy. Two guys you drafted and 
you know, the more and more you think about it, guys we're talking about that will be in here future. Figure Hines hopefully gets in there one of these days. He deserves to be in there as well. Um, figure you got Ben. They talked right. very highly of Tomlin. I feel like I heard Tomlin's yeah. name twice. Yeah. Uh, again, and, so. and Colt, I mean, uh, uh, Cower already pretty much said in his speech that Tomlin's already a Hall of Famer, like oh, alluded yeah. to, you know, the next Hall of Famer and just pass it down. The passing down the torch to the next Hall of Fame. And that was a nice allusion to what Tomlin has already accomplished right now. Second most wins all time this point of his career to second only to Marty Schottenheimer, who also should be in the hall, who Cower referenced, who Cower is from the Schottenheimer tree as well. So just an excellent, excellent, just football knowledge just raining down upon you from all over the place. And, and there are good speeches all around too. I enjoy Jimmy Johnson's, even though he's a Dallas Cowboy and he beat the Steelers in a, in a Super Bowl. But I mean, you got to respect the guy for what he put together. He built a team out of a crap franchise and, and built a powerhouse, the three, three Pete champions. So, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. I just wish we could have stolen one of those from him. I just wish there, the speeches were a little bit longer too. I feel like it's like a shame to cut, but you know, I, again, Troy's not a long talker. Same thing with Fanica. Yeah. Towers could have been a little bit longer also, but Peyton Manning, like, that would have been wild to see him. He could have talked for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> so I think it's a shame that they have these guys on a time limit here with nine minutes or ten minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. I think they should have made some exceptions. Like, again, um, like, it's these – is you're going into a fraternity. These guys should be able to talk about their careers. They don't – Peyton said, yeah. I don't have ten minutes to talk about my career. Right. So I just loved all the speeches. But, I mean, they were, they were trying to do the thanks too, like in the underneath ticker. So you didn't have to thank everybody. So like I saw that going across and like when Bill Cowers went across, I'm like, Holy crap. It's every <laughs> single player that Bill Cower went, went with. Cause I'm like, Amos Zaraway. They got, they got uh freaking Josh Miller, the punter on there. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. Cower. Yeah. I didn't see the ticker. And like, yeah, it, it was going across the bottom of the yeah. screen live. Like th- Bill Cower. Thanks all these people. Just, just so he doesn't have to do it for every single one, but every single player that played for him, I think was on that ticker. Uh, I just love seeing the Steelers players there. Also guys, just, you know, they're representing Fanica. I know the offensive line was all there. Same thing with Troy. I saw Ike, Harrison, all right. those guys. Right. It's awesome to see all of them there. And man. Porter, yeah. yeah like Porter, too. I think Porter and – I think Porter's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he deserves to be in the Hall, not only for the work he did in Pittsburgh, but the work he did in Miami. He killed it in Miami for three more years after he left Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, and that Harrison was too, man. Harrison yeah. was great, man. So I know, Harrison, I know a little sour at the end there with the way stuff handled at moments. but yeah. But Harris is like Lloyd. They were like the best outside linebackers in the league for like five years. So that's, it's tough to get in when you're an all time great for a short period of time, unless you're like Terrell Davis running for Denver Broncos. That's like the only one that I know of that got in like off of a five year, like window career that had just an awesome five years. Uh, But we'll have to see, like, aside from like the original players where they could just get in just from playing back then in the day, if they were really good players. Um, because stats weren't as important back then. And it was a young league. And you're like, hey, I remember that guy. Let's put him in the hole. Okay. <laughs> so moving on, I guess uh, I, I just want to touch base quickly on the game. I went, I, I went on and I jumped on and did a Q&A. I remember uh, talking with you about it because I wanted you to join me on it because it's your idea. It's fun to get up on after these games and talk to Steeler Nation. Sure. And Steeler Nation had a ton to say after the game. So Steeler Nation, thank you so much for joining me after the Hall of Fame game against the Dallas Cowboys. We covered everything the entire game punters i mean i'm excited for that look at me like 
Like I say, I'm built like a punter. That's why punters excite me so much. Like, hey, I got it. I could play in the league. <laughs> I told my dad we're at the Guns and Roses concert. Otherwise, I would have jumped down with right. you. Right? Yeah. Um, well, how was the concert? Oh, it was, was great. So Axl Rose was was there yes. as well, yeah. and and Slash. So they yeah. got back together. Oh, uh, they were they were rocking. Oh, that's great. That is so, great. Yeah, otherwise, I would have jumped down with you. Trust me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was telling my dad, I'm like, the MVP of the game was Presley Harvard. I'm like, he was disgusting. Right. I'm like, dad, this is great. We, we, we got to steal here at this big. Like, it, it was the amazing. sickest game I've seen in my life from a Steeler punter. His oh, first God. game ever in a preseason game, four incredible punts, four diff- completely different punts done completely different ways with completely different strategies. All four were huge successes. And I'm like, I'm psyched. Like I screamed. I actually like the only time I screamed the entire first half was the the punt that they downed at the one, the one yard line with the backwards kick. I was I like, out of my I was like, yes. I couldn't say the last time I've seen a punt at the one. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get close with Barry a couple of times because he has yeah. that Aussie role, but like his hit the one, but they don't stick. They tend it's to still bad. go forward just a little bit. But he still does a good job. I mean, like yeah, I, sure. I love his. I, I can't diss the Aussie role because that's what it's for. That's your guy. You love the Aussie. You love. The I Aussie do. Stuff. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi! Get energizer. Oi. Right. Uh, Back in black. ACDC. Oi. There we go. Oi, oi. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Um. When I watched the highlights of the game, um, it, you know, people hammer Mason. Um. It's the first game. You're not you're not going out and seeing him throwing forty yard bombs every single play. That's not how preseason works. Yeah. Um, same thing with Hassans. He had that one shot play. That was kind of it. Otherwise, it was kind of just seeing the field, getting pressures, getting the ball out of his hands. We didn't see any mistakes out of those guys. Um, would we have liked to see them play better? Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see Haskins and those guys Thursday. Um, so I'm going to the game Philly. So you know, no Steelers uh, attire needed for that one because. Yeah, it's not gonna be a fun time dealing with the Eagles fans with that. But um, right, yeah, oh, and that's that's a great. So you're going to the Eagles preseason yeah. game in Philly. The, I used to live in Philly for 13 years, and it seemed every other year they used to rotate and go back. And I used to go to the ones in Philly. Philly is the only freaking place on the planet where you will go to a preseason game and you will get harassed yeah, by I'm their fans. Dealing, I'm not dealing with. I, I was in the upper level, sitting there watching a preseason game, and somebody's throwing peanuts at me. From See, behind, not dealing with it. See, and, and, and I'm like, sure I, turn, it I turn around, I'm like, it's a freaking preseason game, you Nimrod. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. It doesn't with you. matter. And then I caught a peanut and ate it, and they thought it was freaking hilarious. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dealing with that, but yeah, I'm excited to see those guys play Thursday. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah. excited, man. It's, it's preseason football. You get to see guys that you don't really expect to see in the regular season. You hope you don't see, um, but you see the guys that are going to take over hopefully in the future. You saw Highsmith do it last season. He played that first game, had that spin move sack. So he's getting the reps in without playing too much. And I'll tell you that this game, you had so many different outside linebackers making plays in that game. Cause Marsh looked awesome. Like he looked great. Like a lot of people were crapping on him for last year. Yeah. He didn't get in the full thing. He looks like a completely different human being out there. He had a great pressure. He had a forced fumble, a sack fumble uh, on another play, but he, he also met Highsmith in the backfield on his at the quarterback on his sack. So, I mean, he was getting good pressure, uh, playing the line, playing the run, you know, doing his job. So like, that was an improvement. We weren't expecting as Steeler fans, like going out and getting, getting Irving. We're like, yes, we got a guy who can help contribute. Marsh is contributing. Marsh is now making it so like 
Roche is like Roche made a sack. Roche was unblockable in that game. And, and then Johnson gets, or Jones gets a sack too. a uh, sixth guy on the depth chart at outside yep. linebacker. So like, this is the, this feels to me this year, the deepest our outside linebackers have ever been. Um, because usually we're going into seasons where we might be three, maybe four deep. I felt we were three deep last year with Ola yep. Adeni, Adeni I, um, but even didn't have that great of a year last year with Highsmith too. I mean, Highsmith, yes, was yeah. like I was really excited for Highsmith too. So we were four deep last year, really, you know, three, really um, three deep, <laughs> but, but yeah, but at least four going into the season, but yeah. I'm comfortable with six so far. Like I know Jones, like lower competition, Roche yeah. just like looks to me like he has it. He reminds me of watching old Joey Porter, old Harrison and games. We drafted um, him. I said he right. looked, his tape looked good for like, right. Well, great at temple. You'll grade it at the U. Yeah. Yep. So it, it tells you something. And if we see the thing is, it was one game. Yeah. So we'll see what happens the next few games. They got four, unlike a lot of teams. So um, they'll get their first crack here and see how it works the rest of the season, um, preseason for these guys. And Colton, we got a quick question over here from Brian Brown off of YouTube. He's asking, do you think any Steelers will make the Hall of Fame next year? And if so, who? There's no steers that are eligible that come up next year that are like right to your mind. <sighs> right off the, the only ones, yeah, the only ones for me that would be borderline would be, I mean, Heinz Ward is making yeah, finalist that's, that's spots. Um, the, the other one now that might have a legitimate chance here, Brian, I think is Elsie Greenwood getting in as a historical player. And the reason why he is starting to shoot up in people's minds for making the Hall of Fame now is they finally tracked the stat of sacks in the 70s. And he led all of the Steeler Curtain in sacks for all of the 70s. He was the sack machine of the Steeler Curtain. Never got recognized for I mean, people that watched it knew he was a Hall of Fame player, player. I mean, and it, it, the fact that he didn't get in already, it seems asinine. Yeah, I mean, that was a Hall of Fame defense. That whole defense, like arguably, it looks like, like eight, eight of those guys are going to be Hall of Famers. Um, but yeah, you, you gotta, you've got to put LC Greenwood in the hall now that the sack numbers have come out for the seventies and have solidified and shown everybody what kind of court, what kind of guy this was seven over 70, some sacks, 76, I think was something like that. And that's in an era where people weren't throwing the damn football. Yep. That's a running era. So, I mean, you're not getting hundred sacks back then. No. <laughs> so you've got to put a guy like that in the hall. And I, yeah, I think, not- I think he'll get it. Well, now that they see the numbers, yeah. they, for some reason, they love seeing numbers. I don't know why. Just look at the impact of the player. You don't need right. numbers to put someone in the hall. I hate when right. it's like, oh, look at his numbers. When they do the Eli Manning stuff, and it's like, he's a Hall of Famer, folks. I, I don't know what to tell you. These yeah. guys are Hall of Famers. So like, yeah. just because his numbers don't stand out, it doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Famer. Look at the impact he had, and clearly he was an impact player for the Steel Curtain. So. Agreed. And Hines. Hines is another one, like you yeah. said. Yeah. Hines changed the game. Yes. He changed the game. He he made defenses afraid of going up against another team's wide receiver. Every time we played the Ravens, they're like every he got voted dirtiest player in the league a couple years in a row. Why? Because he's decleating and targeting not not just defensive backs. He's decleating linebackers. Inside line was it sharper? Yeah. Freaking got annihilated over the middle by Heinz Ward smiling over top of him, breaking the jaw of Rivers, yeah. uh, the, the, the linebacker and yeah. the crackback block, which 
became illegal moving forward because of how much how badly he damaged Rivers in that game and knew that he broke his jaw immediately well, you, the sideline. You know how impactful he is. Literally the first words out of Troy's mouth pretty much were uh <laughs> when he talked about getting in the, the NFL source. was Hans Ward hitting him. Yes. So that's why he came out. The guy was that <laughs> and the fact that you heard three, I think two, I don't know if Kyra said anything about Hines getting in the hall, but yeah. Fanica and Troy saying you'll be up here with me. Yeah. He deserves to be up there. Will he be up there in like the next three years? I don't think so. He's going to be one of those, um, like what's his name from Dallas that just got in. He should have been in a while ago. I'm trying to forget his name. He would have just went in this year. Um, Pearson, Drew Pearson. Um, he's going to be, he's going to be like that. I feel like behind it's not right. Yeah. Like yeah. he should be in. It's like, ah, we'll wait. You shouldn't be in this soon. You don't know how long these guys are going to live. You don't know with life. Yeah. These guys deserve to be in. Yeah. So if, if he deserves to be in, why are we waiting seven years to put him in? Right. So same thing with Drew Pearson. They waited Drew Pearson for a while. T.O. should have been first year. I hate the way some of the well, goes with the Hall. Yeah, yeah. T.O. was that whole – I mean, you got to be voted in, and he pissed off a lot of media. Yeah. And then, of course, since he didn't get in on his first, he didn't even show up to get to, to be inducted. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I don't disagree with you, but the fact that he wasn't first in and Megatron mm-hmm. was this year, that's what makes me scratch my head. Tio was such a he good was, yes, receiver. He was, he was a great receiver. What is he, second all-time in receiving yards? He is. is he? Behind, I think he's second. I think he's behind Jerry. He's he's behind. I think that's it. He's second. If you're looking it up now, I think he's second. Like, how is he not first ballot? How is he not? I get he was a like, – Larry, Larry Fitzgerald passed him. He's now third. He's third? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he's there. So. But he is, yeah. But probably when he retired, he was definitely ahead of Larry Fitzgerald because he retired. So, like, how, how is he not well, first yeah. – how is he not first ballot is my point. I get he was a lunatic and said a bunch of stupid stuff. Yeah. But like, you got to put some of that aside. But that's how it is, I feel like, with every Hall of Fame, to be honest. They always have those, like, weird votes where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to give this guy first dibs and – right. Uh, yeah, but we'll, I mean, there's a lot of that with the voting, but, you know, there's a lot of politics with the voting. Yes, there is. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, we're going to have some questions. We're going to get to your question, Mark, at the end, because we're going to be talking about the uh, offensive line here coming up. Um, but, guys, still keep stowing your questions. Let us know what's going on. And um, we're going to talk about a couple new Steelers joining the team now. Um, we just had a new running back joining the team, Pete Guerrero. Guerrero, Guerrero, Guerrero. We'll just call him Pete. But he played at Monmouth, Monmouth's all-time leading rusher. Guy seems to be just a rocket out of the backfield, fast as hell. Um, So I don't know if Snell or Balazs is too hurt to practice right now. It it sounded like today Snell was cutting pretty hard today, so he he should be close to being back. I haven't heard too much on on Balazs yet. But Monmouth – all-time leader rusher Pete Guerrero coming coming in and also stepping in a little bit on punt return. Yeah, Jersey man comes in, Monmouth boy. So um, it's just hard. There's so many. We already talked about going into this preseason and when he gets the cuts at running back that there's a lot of competition in the running back uh, room right now. So um, why not add another one in here, see what happens, because we don't need a guy um, getting hurt in punt return, even though I do believe our guy is Ray Ray McLeod. 
Yeah. Um, yes. So I love what we talked about it last year. I loved what he did until he lost that confidence. Right. So I think that is a guy. Hopefully he keeps that confidence up. Yeah. It comes back. He'll come. Hopefully it'll come back fresh with that fresh appeal. I, I hope he doesn't change and just revert to being a uh, Mr. Hyde as, or, as opposed to crazy ass Dr. Jekyll on the field. That's what That's I like right. to say. He was great. It was, he was that ball. And then like against the Ravens, and then like he was very like scared to do anything for some reason. Yeah. I, I'm not, it's just like, you hate to say stuff like those moves, like, eh, you know, it doesn't really make me excited because the the room is so deep. Unless we see something crazy from him in preseason where it's like, okay, this guy's got something. So he, he really is with a, he was with the Jets. I don't really think there was anything much of that. Oh, nice. Before. Yeah. Um, in fact, the Jets running back room was very light last year. So yeah. Yeah. Makes me think he could have got some playing time and he really didn't. So well, well, the, the, the Jets running back was light last year when they had Lady on bail in the backfield. That guy's good. I like that lady on bell guy. Why don't the Steelers pick up lady on bell? Oh, why? Why don't where's the lady on bell going? Oh not, my god! We're not getting lady on bell, people. Yinzers, we ain't getting lady on bell. No, we don't need lady on bell. We, we've got like three guys on the roster right now better than him at passing and catching. I'll take Bellagio over him. I'll take McFarland over him. Hell, I'll take J Sam over him right now. But yeah, he's lost it. He, I don't think I don't know if he's going to be in the league. I really don't, unless someone loses a running back and it's like, I, why not give him a shot here, see what he's got? But somebody may take a flyer on him. But you have a guy in the league right now that's already taken a dump on Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid, two of the best coaches in the two NFL. Hall of Famers. Yeah, you took a shot at two Hall of Famers. Two Hall of Fame I- coaches in the NFL. You just took a dump. You think he's going to play for you? You think he's going to talk nice to you on his way out the yeah. door, or when he's done, or when he's not making? not getting yardage. No. Yeah. That's, it makes it very difficult to bring a guy like that into a running back room. Yeah. No, sure. I, I agree. I For agree. Sure. So, uh, so a couple other uh, extra pickups that have happened here in the last couple of days. I know DeMarcus AC and Anthony Coyle were placed on the uh, injured wave list last week on the fourth uh, Steelers signed defensive back um, uh, Lafayette Pitts. I uh, haven't heard too much about him in training camp yet. I do know Pete Guerrero got some rushes today. He ripped off a 14-yard rush, uh, according to Alex Kazora, who is who is awesome. Training camp diary over on the depot. The guy is a like I say, he's he's a treasure for Steeler Nation. If you want news to know exactly what's going on in training camp, there's no no better read than Alex Kazora's training camp diary. Honestly, gotta read it. Gotta read it. Um, we also signed a uh, guard Malcolm uh, Pridgen today and waived yep. injured uh, defensive lineman Calvin Taylor, who's been hurt for a bit he's been i had him tracked on the injury list for quite some time so a little bit of motion around um yeah, like i said injury wise right now we're starting to get fairly healthy um ray ray mcleod is out with a right leg james washington just hurt his right leg yesterday in practice so he was held out again today uh kellen balage has been hurt with the lower body since the hall of fame game hasn't really seen anything from him antoine brooks also has a left leg injury and uh stefan to we don't really know if he's injured. We don't really know if he's still dealing with, you know, the stuff with his, wasn't his brother that died earlier this year with a hit and run. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, mental headspace, letting him ease back into it. I, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on, but you know, the Steelers are a family organization. They're going to take everything mental and physical health into account before letting somebody come back. Um, Benny Snell though, he's been out for a while. Uh, today he was seen cutting and running hard. So it looks like he's pretty close to returning. And then I want to talk about TJ Watt because everybody else is good. Everybody else is back in, in uh, practice, but including Kevin Dotson guys, 
a lot of you guys on Steeler Nation still like losing your crap about Kevin Dotson. Uh, a lot of people saying, oh, he's going to be a second stringer. He's not good or he's taking a back step. Coaches hate him. He, today was his first practice. Today was his first full practice. And anybody want to argue with me about him taking second string reps in his first full practice can go ahead. But I'll make a monetary bet with anybody that wants to take it. I will take all bets that he will be starting week one in the NFL. There's no way he will not be the starter at left guard, in my no, opinion, unless, unless he's hurt. He was even announced on their depth chart. He's the, he's the starting left guard. So Right. Yeah, that was the new, yeah, exactly. Great point, because the new depth chart just came out today and had Dotson listed as the starter. You're right. the starter. There's no reason for him not to be. What, <laughs> is there, should, could there have been stuff that he, they weren't happy with him? And now this made yeah. it look like even more true. Like, oh, this is true. Stop. The guy's been banged up. Like, Tom was actually like, yeah, he's awful. Like, and then yeah. all of a sudden comes out today as a starter. Like, stop. You guys, like. Yeah. And, and that's what felt like to me, like, too, it, it was less of Tomlin throwing shade yeah. at a player because, because it's something he doesn't do. But he made the, he's more like throwing shade at the reporters. Like, how are you going to be on first string if you're not practicing? Because he hasn't practiced yet. This is the first practice was today. <laughs> so, I, think, I think it was might have been a shot at like a reporter, even like uh, yeah. said, like, do your job, like do some of your reporting stuff. Like, oh, you know, I've been hurt. Like, I'm not quick to walk right in in camp. Like, yeah, you're starter now. Like, you got to get back into the easy thing, especially in camp. So, yeah. So, uh, the one thing I wanted to, to talk about, um, uh, Malcolm Pridgian, uh, he was a, an old OSU player and used to play with Haskins. Uh, he took 2020 off because of COVID reasons, but the guy is a, a high level player um wasn't drafted so it, it'll be interesting to see if he can show anything and maybe stick on the practice squad yeah i mean figure ohio state does pump out some offensive line the big 10 right does, you yeah know, so <laughs> it doesn't hurt to take a shot especially with a guy haskins familiar with because mm-hmm. who knows if he's the future or not we'll see so it doesn't hurt bringing a guy like that yeah yeah dots in the start hey how you doing kenny beamer over there on uh youtube good to see you as well ray ray is awesome mark thank you yep Yep. Good to see you as well. And, and we're with you, Job. Yeah. The LC Greenwood should be in the hall. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something that's not really being reported on maybe a little bit, but TJ Watt, I mean, he's in camp, he's doing uh, his workouts, some, some light stuff, but he's not taking part in any of the practices between the whistles and what we're seeing here in my opinion, is the first soft holdout in Pittsburgh Steeler history. We have a player that is waiting for a new contract, completely healthy, does not want to get injured, does not want to put himself at risk until he is able to sign that contract and able to go. As soon as he gets that ink and it dries on the page, you'll see TJ Watt back out there in the field. But to me, this was really interesting to see a player that still – quote unquote, you can see this in the vidcast, holding out by being at camp. And that to me, that's a team first mentality that shows you the correct way to deal with a holdout, to still be part of it, to still know what's actively going on, what's what strategies and schemes are being implemented. So you know what's going on, but still just not putting yourself at risk until you're finally signed. Nice, no, staying in shape. He's he's yep. been working out. If anyone's paid attention, it's like you said, it's the correct thing to do. He's around the team still, so he's not thinking about himself, but he is to an extent because 
as anyone would, you're not you're not going to do go out there, go balls to the wall, and God forbid get hurt, and then you're screwed of a contract where it's like you got to wait a year to get paid. Uh, and the Steelers are going to take care of him. So there's probably right. some little minor tweaks going on with this contract, what they're going to do with it. He's going to get signed. There's no way the Steelers are going to play around with this. And the fact that they're going all in, they need T.J. Watt. Don't freak out about it. But he's doing it the right way, like you said. Yes, yeah. I love T.J. Watt for a reason. And this fan base loves him for a reason. And he's shown how to be a true professional, hang around the team, and just not put himself at risk. Keith Butler, I believe, came out and said, I don't blame him at all. I don't – I'm, you know, he's doing the right thing. So – um, and I, if you were to ask any players on the roster, I think they would 100% agree. You, we saw the same thing yeah. on Bill. Let him get his bag. They're all like, pay the man. Yeah. Um, he's doing it the right way. He's he's in camp. Just He's there. He's a presence. He's teaching guys still. Like you said, he's there. It's just right. a soft holdout. So and, I, and love, I, I love him for a reason, man. And, and I hope this sets a tone for holdouts in the future, too, because TJ Watt has now set the standard for what you should do during a holdout, keep complete open communication, stay involved with the team. Don't create a divide because he's a team leader. And that's to me, like anybody else in the future, Mika Fitzpatrick, keep your ears open for that. Um, you know, he's the only person I think that's even close to be, would be put in a holdout situation uh, right now at this point, because he's definitely not being paid his worth yet, but he, hopefully he will. And hopefully the Steelers will be making him a, a very rich contract here soon. Steelers take care of their guys, man. Look, yeah, at, look at the history. They, if yep. they know, like figure they chose Antonio Brown over Mike Wallace. Yep. That was Big. the correct decision. Yep. Maybe towards the end, was it not the correct decision? Sure. But at that moment in time, absolutely was. He yeah. was clearly the better receiver than Mike Wallace. They were smart with the Le'Veon Bell. They tried paying him, but they don't guarantee money. And I don't disagree with them. And right. they, that. they made the correct choice. He hasn't yep. been good anywhere he's gone. Yep. So the, the organization makes the right decisions and they pay their players you know yeah. TJ paid. don't re- overreact to your nation we're fine he's doing the right thing i love him for a reason so i want to touch base on this depth chart a little bit just going over it from steelernation.com or steel sorry steelers.com <laughs> the mothership so over mothership, at steelers com. um yeah like we said um it, pretty much there's no big surprises on offense except for one and the one surprise still has at center J.C. Hassenauer over Kendrick Green, which, you know, every single snap that I've seen in, in, in training camp, every single snap in the in whole first half of the game last week, it was all Kendrick Green taking the, the team one reps. J.C. Hassenauer is still playing. He's still on the field. Um, and he played the whole second half of the last game, but he's taking second team reps in practice. So that's, that's one that we may see a shift here from Kendrick Green and to J or from JC Hassenauer to Kendrick Green being the starter sooner rather than late later. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's like the only big thing that shoots off the page for me, everybody else starting wide. It's like even having inside linebackers Spillane being there with Bush. I think that that's pretty much going to be it starting off. Um, yeah, no other big surprises. It looks like you're keeping Cameron Sutton as the outside right cornerback and Antoine Brooks Jr. as the slot in the nickel corner uh, for starting ahead of Arthur, Arthur Mallett. Um, we'll have to see if that shifts moving on. We'll have to see if somebody else can pull from Arthur Mallett. He had a tough game his first game. Hopefully he can improve. Uh, obviously, I like Brooks. Uh, then the other one, the last thing I got to talk about is special teams. Still listing Jordan Berry above PH3 or as – one of our awesome Steeler fans, I uh, forget her name from Facebook during the Q&A uh, after the game, dubbed him biggest 
Kickus, and that's the best nickname in my opinion for Presley Harvin the third. That is great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I've I've seen stuff where reports of Ben and Kendrick Green doing like I think it was I don't know if it was after practice or whatever it was they were just pounding out snaps and it was perfect. They were great. So I do think that's going to be your change. I think they're going to get him under, under center here. And I think that's going to be their guy going forward. And that might be their next 53 for the next 10 years. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, And that's, and that's crazy because thinking about their last couple centers, I think they picked them both as first rounders Webster was a first rounder was Dermody Dawson a first rounder? I don't uh, I don't know. If I, I have to look that up, but I know I definitely know Pouncey was a yes, first rounder. Were. Oh wait, wait, no, no. Webster was not a first rounder because he was the 74 draft. He went in like the f- second or third round. And a four. Yeah, I know maybe it's a fourth, but he's one of the Hall of Famers from the 74. So he okay, so he definitely was not a first rounder. I'm gonna just Yep, I'm looking it up for you. Butcher Dermetti Dawson's spelling of his word. Of his name. Um, second round pick. Yep. Okay. Then I'm fine with that because, well, Kendrick Green was a third rounder. And then that would make Mike Webster. Third, I think. Second or third, you said. Fifth, fifth round pick. That's right. We're awful. Yeah, because huh? yeah, first two were receivers. I think that was, um, I remember one of them didn't hit, but it was uh, our first one was Swan. Second would have been Lambert. Third would have been third or fourth. Cause we, we missed on one. We missed on either third or the fourth round for, by not getting a hall of famer. Stallworth. Wasn't, wasn't Stallworth in that draft too? Yeah. Stallworth is in that draft. That was Stallworth, Swan, uh, Webster and Lambert being drafted and shell is an undrafted rookie free agent all in that draft. It's kind of nuts, isn't it? It's and that's what, crazy. and that's when like drafts are like eighteen rounds long. So like undrafted, eighteen rounds long. Pick up a guy undrafted, makes the team, becomes a Hall of Famer. That's insane, absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I think I do think Kendrick Green is going to be that starter. I think that's going to be your change, um, right before week one. And clearly Presley Harvin. I think he's going to get the nod. Um, well, how do you think they're going to do the next game? How do you think they're doing Philly? You didn't see any Jordan Berry uh, that first one. You yeah. Think- do you think they're switching here? What do you think they're going to do with that? Like, or is he the whole game too? Like, what do you No, I, I don't think Jordan Berry will get a whole game uh, because the reason why is the Steelers wanted to see what they had in this kicker because he's a draft pick seventh rounder. Let's throw him out there and see what he does. And what he did was short of perfection, like <laughs> absolutely perfect. It is perfection. It's perfection for a punter. He had a perfect punting game. In my opinion, I forgot to see if that first snap was his problem on the missed kick. Uh, but the other one that, that, Sloman boned on his own. Like the extra point was like just a crap kick. Like the snap was down perfect, but I forgot to watch the first one or watch the replay of that first snap um, on the missed field goal. But holding is a big part of that job too. And as long as he can hold that football as well as Barry, and he's a bigger frame, he can go up and get the ball higher than Barry can. So, you know, it's, it, it'll be, that's really the only difference you'd have between the kickers. Cause Steelers have been looking and giving Barry big competition these last couple of years in camp, Barry won out, you know, uh, four and three years, three and four, two and three years ago, last year, he lost out to Colquitt and then Colquitt sucked and they brought Barry back. And they're like, okay, we made the mistake. That's, that's our, our bad. That's Barry, ring, ring, Barry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the Steelers. Um, yeah. Remember when we replaced you with the uh, son of a bad punter on the Steelers seventies team? Cause nobody could kick in the seventies. Everyone in the seventies sucked. 
Like, like, oh, we got we got the Colquitt, bro. We got the son of Colquitt out there kicking. Go, Yinzers. Here we go. And then, of course, he kicked like his dad because they can only kick like 30 yards back then. 40 he yards. Bad, man. But, yeah. Did he get picked up again by the Chiefs, though? He did. He got, Probably, he was, yeah. I think it was in the Super Bowl last year. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, good, not great. But still, you know, brought Barry back. But now it's like, if it's close. It, I, I was saying it since, since they drafted Percy Harvin. I said, if the competition is close, they're going to go with Percy Harvin just because of the value they're going to be saving on the salary cap. Going to be saving a million bucks. So that's a no-brainer. And from a and right now, I, I'd say he's ahead. He's got a stronger leg. He's got a higher hang time, and he's making every kick. He had a he had a a coffin kick at the one. He had a directional sideline kick out of bounds at the eleven. He had a high just like bomber drop at the 11, 10 yard line with three Steeler gunners there. Um, and then you had the, uh, the low liner that bounced. That was a forward roll kick that hits the ground and bounces right off the return. That was gorgeous. I mean, I don't know if it was a miss kick, but it's still like the result ended up being amazing because it, it, it didn't obviously go as high as far as what he's expecting, but to have that forward roll just hit him. And you could tell the strength of his leg because it hit that, that punt returner hard. When it bounced off of him. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you said, I think he's another chance. I think you're going to see two changes by camp on, unless someone takes other positions, you know, by the wheel. So I think those two are probably changes you might see by week one. Nice. Nice. And Kenny called it. Yeah. He thought Brooks would be the starter too. And yeah. yes, Mark, you're right. The defense has to stop the run. Um, and Blake, I'll get to your question here in a little bit. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, he's got a question on Washington. Um, thank you very much. Carlos Goncalves uh, chiming in from Venezuela, our Venezuelan Steeler Nation faithful person. Lead us over at SteelerNation.com. Hello, Steeler Nation. Kudos to Striker. Post-game podcast was great. Awesome. We're going to be doing that a lot, Carlos. Going to be doing that a lot. So everybody, uh, tune in on all of our channels, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, we're going live after the game every week. I usually put out something just before the game quick, just to go over the game quickly and then just highlight the fact that we're going to be talking after the game. And that was a lot of fun last week. I think I was on for like 45 minutes. It was a blast. Absolute blast. I was jazzed. I love, I love, I love, I love the post-game stuff. That's where people go. Where do people go to vent? Is social media. Exactly. Why, why, not, why not join on the live stream? <laughs> Whether it's good or bad. Why not? All, right. All right. Now we got some tough decisions here at a couple positions. And I want to go over this. Uh, with you, Colton, you know, we've got we've got a lot of running backs, probably only going to keep about four or five of these running backs. Obviously, Harris seems to be a lock. Seems like McFarland is going to be a lock as well. Um, now it comes down to Snell, Balage, J- uh, Jalen Samuels and Guerrero. And now that this. Yeah, the, the new guy being Guerrero jumping on the team as well. Um, and we also have that uh, Brooks something. Brooks Jones, I think, is yes, another running back. back too. Yeah. So we, we've got. Probably three more of those guys out of Snell, Balage, J. Sam, Guerrero, Brooks Jones. Who would you keep out of those three? I think Alan Balage is one for sure, especially with the pass catching ability. I think that's guaranteed. You saw how explosive he was, I believe, for the Chargers last year, filming for Austin Eckler. Good call. So I, I think he's a lock as well. Yeah, I think- also seems to be our best um, uh, blocker uh, for, for pass rush, for pass events, to be in that extra blocker in the backfield uh, on the blitzes. So that, that's a big part of his game. Sure. Unless Benny Snell has to have a good camp and a good preseason. He has to. Yeah. Um, 
or he might get left off. And we love Benny Snell. We love Benny Snell football. Um, but the pass kissing ability is huge in the, in the NFL nowadays. Yeah. So um, I can I can see that being a factor in when he gets cut. And Jalen Samuels, fear he was so good, yeah, yeah. years ago. And ever since he's like he's like it's like is he still in the roster? It's like he yeah. Is. What, what what's going on with him? And I think he might be a casualty, especially with bringing in Kalen Balage. So yeah, I. I... I got to agree with you, Colton, because I was, I'm a big J-Sam guy. Loved him in college. He, he came out. I thought he was going to be a slot receiver. He had so many receptions in college. Um, but the guy just seems a little bit slower this year. He can't get to the edge like he used to. He's not as quick in short area quickness after he catches the ball or gets in space anymore. And he seems to be going down kind of easy. So I don't know if he's de- dealing with a lower body injury or just trying to play through it. But right now, he just does not look like the same player that we saw the previous two seasons. No, I think he might be one of those also. So, All right. Uh, so now, now we've got a tough position. And this is a position that we usually only keep four players. And that's outside linebacker. And like I said earlier, I think it's six deep. We got Watton Highsmith locks. Um, Irving is probably a lock just because we brought him in. Marsh, we thought, was going to be on the fence but now it looks like marsh roche and jones who do you keep out of those three you can keep one it's gonna go probably roche that's her that's her draft pick i think roche (laughs) especially he looks so far he's looked good so i think that plays into a factor that's their draft pick i think he's got a lot of upside i was huge on him on draft day um i think roche might get that nod so Mm -hmm. and then uh melvin ingram clearly is there so I, i yeah probably yeah. Roche um, unless they make us, you know, something different. They keep cash to Marsh. Um, I, I yeah. think it's that, and that, that's where I'm like, this is an apples and oranges thing that a four, a four B situation. And I've got to lean like as much as I, I was down on Cassius Marsh uh, last year, this year, he's looking like a new man. And I've got the edge to Marsh right now over Roche. <laughs> And it, it'll be interesting to see if this year the Steelers choose to go five outside linebackers and four inside linebackers instead of four outside linebackers and five inside linebackers like they usually do. Because now we've got to talk about the inside linebackers here. And we obviously have, we're five deep with inside linebackers. You've got Bush and Spillane locks at starters. Um, then you have, uh ug3 and marcus allen penciled in as the the backups in the in the two spot and then drafting buddy johnson so out of out of uh, ulysses grant marcus allen and uh and buddy john did i say ulysses it's ulysses gilbert yes. Damn it, i always do that i always do that ulysses gilbert marcus allen and buddy buddy johnson you can keep two who are the two you're keeping i think buddy johnson again draft pick wow yeah um I think Gilbert's yeah, I think Gilbert's out. Um yeah. he hasn't been on the field. We always see like, dude, this guy looks good in camp. Yeah. He looks good, this, that, and the other looks good in practice. He gets banged up a lot. Yeah. And um, when you're playing in the inside, you're getting in the trenches, you're drilling the running back, you're picking up blocks. Um, I, I think he's probably the odd man out here. Um, just because he can't see on the field. If he, yeah. if he could stay on the field more consistently, he'd probably be a lot because I think the Steelers like him. But the problem is availability. Um, that's that's the best part to a team is a guy that's available. And he's never available when they need him. They needed him last year big time, and he wasn't available. So um, I think that he's probably the odd man out in this group here. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you there. I, I think that is solid, solid reasoning. 
Um, now the last position that I wanted to talk about is defensive line and defensive line. We usually keep six. I think we had seven last year because the seven that we had was Hayward to it. Alu Alu as the starters warmly was backing up at end. Um, and then you had Davis and bugs competing at, at um, backup nose tackle and also summon at an end. And you had Mondo, Mondo mm-hmm. in just about everywhere. I, I love and, and at fullback in an end in its center and on kick coverage. The guy was just like, that was a guy that just would not let himself not be on the game day roster. And I really was impressed by that. And that's the reason why bugs was kind of sitting a lot last year too. And Davis had, had a couple days on the bench too, uh, but louder milk, a new guy into the mix here. So to me, you know, it seems like Wormley, Davis, Mondo, Bugs, and Loudermilk, you got to cut one of them. Like, who are you cutting? I think it comes down to Bugs and Davis. Um, yeah. That's why I think it's kind of easy money. That was the battle last year, and I think it's going to be the battle this year because unless the kid in camp, the rookies don't do well, um, like look absolutely horrendous. I'm forgetting the kid they drafted like two years ago um, at edge. They cut him right at. Right oh at, yeah. Uh, that wasn't he in the seventh round that the Alabama yes. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they cut him. So unless like, and he didn't look good in the games, nothing. So if water doesn't look good, then it's an easy decision. Um, but they usually give the benefit of the doubt to those rookies that they drafted that they're usually going to hang around Campbell's practice squad. Um I think Davis and Bugs is your fight. Bugs again made a huge play of Lamar Jackson in that game last year. I've never seen highlights of that, and I think he posted something about it, um, how big he was on that play on Lamar Jackson's fourth down scramble to try to get a first, and he didn't get it because of Bugs' big play. I think it comes down to him and Davis. I think with that fight you saw last year with those guys on the sideline, I think yeah. it gets more aggressive in camp this year because these guys are fighting to make this roster. Nice, and Steeler Nation. It is now time for questions from Steeler Nation. Keep keep chiming in, getting your questions in. Uh, we're going to start rolling down, and I'm I'm toasting you, Steeler Nation. My beer tonight is I'm having a National Bohemian because we had crabs for dinner, and no beer goes better with with uh, blue crab than good old Natty Bow. Having a Natty Bow down there in Baltimore, that's what we drink. And when you're in the Baltimore area, you got your Natty Bow right there having a natty boo so cheers steeler nation that's a baltimore cheers from you because that's where i am unfortunately but from enemy territory for me to you guys cheers steeler nation thanks for chiming in really i'm gonna have to give that a shot you see that goes good with crab see i'm gonna have to give that a shot oh perfect it's well so does pbr like any good light beer going with a with that old bay mixed in with the blue crab and that sweet meat mm. yeah it's perfect it's a perfect compliment honestly i'm gonna have to give that a shot so first question we had uh, in here from Mark Kane, and he was at, over on Facebook, and he was asking, do you think the offensive line will be good enough this year? Go Steelers. I think it's going to be better than it was last year. Um, figure KD gets another year. Again, um, Zach Banner's back healthy. Hopefully uh, he stays healthy for us this year. Um, Dan Moore looked good too, man. Oh, wow, he looked good um, yeah. in that first preseason game. And then Chooks, yeah. getting back to his side that he's more comfortable at. Um I think they're better and figure you're seeing stuff out of camp in Baltimore that Al doesn't look good. He's just getting beat left and right. Yeah. So I think they're going to be better. Why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they be worse? Like what, how they couldn't be as bad as they were last year. Yeah. So I think they're better this year and and they're younger. And Blake with a good question here. And this has been uh, talked about on Steroid Nation as well as with us over in the threads with the, uh, with the writers and contributors. 
Blake asks from YouTube, what do you guys think of the possibility of Washington getting traded? Well, Tomlin kind of stomped that one out that Washington hasn't requested a trade. So I don't know if that was maybe the Steelers getting that one out. Cause I don't think Washington's that kind of guy to go out. So no. um, I don't know if that's the Steelers just like sometimes a team will really say something stupid like that just to get some phone calls where it's like, all right, that's, it's a pretty good deal. I'll take a second for Washington and you right. know, send him on his way. Um, but at the same time, Washington might be the guy next year. So um, he might be, you're right. Yeah. Um, if, if they don't find a way to re-sign Juju though, honestly, with all the money they have next year and Juju taking a pay cut this year to stick, I think they're going to find a way to keep Juju next year. I really do. I'm disagree with you. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Washington getting traded. It stinks. Cause he, I think he could be really, really good um, somewhere else. Um, the problem is he's the fourth best guy. Um, it's a good problem to have when you're the Steelers that he's your fourth best guy. Yeah. Um, but he's not a slot guy. So you, you don't have to worry about him with Juju or Ray Ray. Um, yeah. Pool is more explosive down the field. Right. Dante Johnson's probably their best route runner and overall receiver, in my opinion. Um, it, it's just really hard to get him in the game. So, and it's one of those, ah, you got to give him a rep or two. Do you want to do that though? Like, are you taking a Claypool off the field? Are you taking a Juju or Johnson off the field? Well, so it's like, oh, take Ray Ray off. They play two different positions, so it's not easier said than done. It's like, ah, oh, taking Ray Ray off. So it's kind of hard finding a way to fit Washington into the game again. If they're going to have the struggles like they did last season with some of the receivers and the drops, then Washington gets in. But it's like you hopefully don't have that problem this year. So it's just hard finding Washington on the field when he's the fourth best guy. And that's, he, he's probably the second or third best guy on other teams. It's just how deep yeah. this is receiving core is. It is. They've been drafting incredibly well. And it's what they've always done to Steeler nation. Steelers will always go through a draft, pick up one or two guys. And they do it just to see if somebody sticks, if it adds some depth and they, they just always go through every year. And, and a lot of the times, you know, sometimes they don't stick and sometimes they do stick, but this was a situation where they went bang, 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 win, win, win. It was Juju. Then it was uh, Washington. Then it was Claypool back to back to back. And you had three great receivers in that, in that run and the DJ Deontay Johnson, then Claypool. Sorry. Yeah. So it's like four years you hit wins. In a row, four years in a row, you had winning starting caliber receivers. So when Claypool got drafted, obviously that Z receiver became tougher for Washington to keep getting reps because he had a ton of snaps. He just wasn't getting his yards per snap is abysmal. It's like one of the worst in the league and got a lot of snaps that that year. I think his third year, very little production. Um, But you throw Claypool in there, he was instantly getting yardage on very few snaps. So that makes it difficult to get him on the field. And you got to think about that. He's like your second best Z receiver. He's like your second, maybe third best X receiver. Can't really play the slot. So that it's because if DJ goes down, you probably throw Juju over to the left and then throw just keep Ray Ray in the slot. Um, and it's still, so the only way he's going to find the field is if something happens to Claypool, in my opinion. It's because he doesn't play special teams. Nope. He's the only hard. Yeah, it's hard for Washington to get game, and uh, it's very easy to like, yo, come call in New England. I, you guys have problems drafting receivers. Give us a second round pick. You don't want to trade him then, and he does really well. So it's one of those things. Like, it's very easy said than done trading Washington, and you might not get the value for him. They're like, ah, you don't play him. That tells you all you need to know. You know, we'll give you a fourth round pick. When in real in reality, you come call and get Des Bryant as soon as that like, news came out. 
Trade for Washington. You can thank me later. That tells you he's good. Washington's good. He's just not good enough when you have this many good receivers from Pittsburgh. That's just a problem. It's not his fault. Right. It's his team drafts receivers really well, and the guys in front of him can just do a little bit more than he can. Yeah, if, if all of the Baltimore people lament the fact that the Steelers can draft receivers, we <laughs> lament the fact that they can draft cornerbacks. I mean, it's, it's just they're they're geared for uh, for de- defense, and they know how to coach up on defense, and they have the right guys for their system. Whereas the Steelers have a marquee quarterback that can always deliver the football and elevates the play of their wide receivers, unlike over on their side of the field where they have a nice running back who throws the football. Um, <laughs> But then we'll take some questions now from Steeler Nation. Um, we from uh, we had Drink Iron City over at Steeler Nation. We talked about the Dotson uh, uh, comment earlier in the sh- show, so that was uh, one thing that we don't need to get to. He asked Presley Harvin the third will be meet our new punter or Barry has staying power. I think we alluded to that too. I my votes Presley's on the team. He's a, he's a fan favorite. He's a camp darling. Uh, he's going to make the team. Also. Drink Iron City says, I see Alex Highsmith doing a great job. Do you see his season improving, and will he have the stamina needed for a full season? I think he's going to be really good. He's probably going to be better than the next year experience. He had The fact that he had that good of a first season compared to guys like Bud Dupree um, in his first few seasons in, for sure, he's only going to get better. And the fact that he's learning from, if not the best, edge rusher in football and T.J. Watt, and he brings in a veteran who's really good and has been really good for a long time in Melvin Ingram. Right. He's going to be really good. And the fact that the stamina, it looks like they're pretty deep where they can give him off a snap or two if needed. And he's a young guy. He's got, right. I think he's going to be plenty fine. Um, that's why he's our guy. That's why we love him, man. Love some high Smith. He's going to be great for the Steelers. I, I agree. And this is a situation where I was excited last year watching him flash in preseason games and in regular season games too. And now he's even got a few more pass rush moves he's gotten a little bit stronger he's gotten a little bit quicker I, a lot of people like when i was talking to um oh gosh just had my interview with um lewis? yes yeah yeah lewis riddick and um we were talking about and he said look out for highsmith highsmith is going to be the breakout player this year and i i agree with him 100 yeah I, I think he's showing he's putting in the work he's got TJ that's able to push him and hopefully they can push each other because TJ and Bud worked awesome the first 10 weeks of the season last year. And, um, you know, Bud dropping was a big reason that also led to our fact that our defense did not do as good of a job as locking everybody down. And we kept, couldn't keep winning games, but man, like high and Highsmith was kind of thrust into action too. And he did well, he did well, don't get me wrong, but he made some rookie mistakes too. My only question that I have that like scare me a little bit at times is we do talk about the run game not being well. Bud Dupree was very, very underrated in the run game. Um, so that's where I'm hoping Highsmith can help in that role and somewhat replace him. I don't know if he'll be as good as Bud yet yeah. in the second year, but Bud was really, really good. If you go back and watch last season and the year before, he was so fast um, getting to the outside. If right. Brian want to get outside. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you, you could not get outside of Bud Dupree if a play was going to the outside. He was always bouncing that guy inside or making that tackle. On the I just hope he doesn't get caught up inside. I hope he learned a lot watching tape with Bud, right. what he did and what TJ does. Yeah. So, and Melvin coming into, I think that helps. That's my only concern. That it, it's not really a concern. That's the only like question I have regarding Highsmith this year. Yeah. I just knew how good Bud was 
in the run game, and it was really underappreciated because he's an edge rusher. He's not really supposed to be known for making plays in the run game, but he he was huge for the Steelers. So I'm hoping Highsmith can um, fill in that role. But for me, I have no questions about Highsmith. You, you saw how productive he was year one. He's clearly better year two, and he made yeah, a nice yeah. mark in the first game. So yeah. I'm excited for him. And I'm with you. Like Bud Dupree has a has a high ceiling, one of the highest ceilings I've ever seen out of a player. But Alex Highsmith has a high floor. And for a guy coming out of Charlotte, like having a high floor was insane. I was like a third round draft pick. And man, what an impactful player to get, you know, Claypool in the second round, Highsmith in the third round, and in a draft that where he did not have a first rounder. Just that kind of talent dropped to us. And it was freaking amazing. I don't absolutely amazing. Is, people question that pick. Like, oh, <laughs> and then, then the fourth round was McFarland and Dotson. Gosh, what a what a draft. Yeah, they had a great draft last year, but what really drove me nuts were people like guys from Charlotte played nobody. He dominated Clemson. Yes, dominated. Yes, them. yes so it's not silly about that. Go back and watch the Clemson tape. He absolutely dominated Clemson. So I knew from day one this dude was going to be disgusting, and he he did well above what I thought, especially yeah. when he was thrown out there. Hmm. And again, he's only going to get better. And good luck, folks. We're we're going to have a nice tandem here, hopefully for the next. Uh, you know, 10 years with him and TJ, hopefully. Nice. I'm going over to YouTube uh, comments over here. Kenneth Beamer. Uh, Kenny, tell me too. write me back here. I want to know which handle you are on SteelerNation.com uh, because I know I know you, but I, I don't know your handle. I haven't equated which handle you are yet. Um, how are we feeling about Cam Sutton on the outside? I love it. I just hope they leave him there. Colton, your thoughts. Yeah, he's really good in coverage. I like the way he is in coverage. He looked really good in the slot at times um, in coverage. I thought he was a better cover guy than Mike Hilton. Again, people just thought he was just a blitzer. No, Mike Hilton was actually pretty decent in coverage as well. I think Sutton sliding outside, it's what he's wanted, and he's going to go up. And I think it would be a good tandem with him and Joe Hayden um, and Desir. Um, I think he would be really good as another guy that could step in, if, you know, give Joe a blow or give uh, something a blow. I, I think something's going to be just fine outside. We'll see what happens. It's, it's his time to shine. Let's go. Let's see what you got. That sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with you. I, aside from the, uh, the, the fellatio, I'm, I'm definitely down with the, uh, with his ability to be able to contribute and step up on the outside. Um, even though he's five eleven, you know, he plays, honestly, he plays bigger than his size to tell you the truth. He's very good at attacking the football uh, making sure he's getting his hands in there and um, and and driving to the ball. His wingspan's pretty big. I think that's what gives him an advantage. I think he's got really long. Wow. Oh, make a play last year or the year before. I'm like, dude, this guy's got huge arms. Right. Like, reminds me of the one dude from the Lakers. I'm like, dude, his arms are ginormous. I think that. I think that's what also allows him to play the outside. He can hand check if he has to, and he can get his hand in there if someone's a little bit ahead of him. So I think he's gonna be good. I, he showed sparks. Mm. Um, in coverage last year for them, I think he's going to be just fine. I think the only way that Cam Sutton goes back to the slot is not because the slot is playing poorly, but it's because somebody on the outside is playing so well, they take it from him. And that would be Pierre would be the only person that I could think of that would be able to push Sutton back into the middle because we just can't deny Pierre from playing and being on the field, being a taller cornerback being six two, uh nearly six two, I guess, right out right on the outside um of the field. And I know the Steelers have always trying to find those speedy, rangy, taller uh outside cornerbacks. And he is their prototype for what they'd like, like an Ike Taylor type body. 
Um, and one that they kind of developed from lower in the draft. And I guess he was, was he undrafted or was he actually drafted? I can't remember. I think he might've been undrafted. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of his name in a draft. I just can't. No, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, again, same thing. Um, I thought he had an okay first game. I know the camp camp talk's been great about him. Um, yes, it has been. Yeah. Um, I think he was still good in the preseason game. Sure, there were some plays that they're still catching that uh, slant on him, but he was right there. His hand was always in there. So right. he was getting, he was there. It was just the guy sitting in the stomach. There were the quarterbacks doing their job hitting him in the stomach, not putting it outside or anything. Yeah. His hand were always in the cookie jar. So I think he's got a shot as well. He's definitely going to. I think be a problem in the future for Pittsburgh. Nice at Beamer Kenny. All right, man. I'll be looking out for you over there at Steeler nation, the forum. Awesome, man. So last question from drink iron city. Tomlin has been rocking his interviews lately. He is a man on a mission and I like seeing this. Am I the only one noticing he is way down on his Tomlinisms count? He seems to be more coaching than worrying of the accolade Tomlinisms. I see a more no nonsense coaching attitude. What are you seeing? I see the same coach T that's been there. I know we all, he's very quotable and he says a lot that, you know, the Tomlinisms that make yeah. him like Tomlin, but he's, he's a hall of famer for a reason. Um, I had my thoughts, um, negativity on him, you know, going back a few years where I thought he's had a great roster. He's had a hall of fame quarterback where I think he should have done more um, than just finishing 500 and getting a playoff winner or two. But I think he knows the end is coming with Ben and like, yeah. it's, it's time. And I think it's all business right now. Right. The standard's the standard, as he says. And I think that's what's going on in camp. And I think that's why stuff like that's not going on. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I've got to agree. I, to me, yeah, I mean, Cower, Colbert know it's the last year. They're trying to load up on as much talent as they can. They might make another move here at the end of training camp especially if somebody's not performing in a position where they really need that performance to be. I'm really happy with the depth this year. Our linebacker depth has gone from like a negative over the last couple of years to like this year, just being a glut. I think there's way a ton of backup talent at both inside linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive line. And, you know, it's, there's still a couple positions in the secondary where you can still slide in some talent. I don't know if Norwood's going to take over, might be a swing position, maybe the outs uh, to come in and contribute outside, maybe contribute some safety, maybe contribute at some slot. Um, that might be it. Like a Swiss, they already call him the Swiss Army knife, and he's playing all of those positions. It seems like in training camp as well. So I'm going to watch him bounce around a bit too, and these games coming up. So that, but that might take a position where you might be able to keep ten linebackers now if you've got somebody that's swapping between safety, swapping be between corner, swapping between outside linebacker or out, sorry outside corner. So Justin Lane might be on the on the edge this year and might only keep three other legit safeties for sure. And I think the you know like you said the availability availability and the guys that can play all over the place. Yeah, like Marcus Allen. He, he he wasn't getting the reps in the back end slide in the middle and make some plays and right. probably going to make the roster because of it. Just... Sutton as well. Yep. You know, we know Sutton can play the slot. We know he can play the edge. We know he can play safety. He's played safety in the dime packages before when Hilton was playing the slot, he'd go back to deep nine. It's that's like <laughs> they, they've got, they've gone and completely changed their whole philosophy. Fitzgerald as well can play freaking anywhere he wants. Guy's super talented, but they have definitely changed their philosophy on how they want defensive backs 
to be diverse in their ability to move to different locations, to give different looks, to hopefully confuse these quarterbacks and get turnovers. <laughs> and that's the way to and figure what's his name on the line. I'm forgetting his name. You mentioned before how you played fullback. I'm 99. I'm forgetting. His oh, name. Mondo. Yeah. Yeah. Henry just, Mondo. Yeah. Just where you can play everywhere. So he, he just, you try to make the roster any way possible. And the more diverse you are and the more you can do, it gives you an edge over someone else. Look at the resume. Ah, uh, he can do this. The other guy can't. And it gives you a plus going into the cuts. So yeah. Um, I, I think their priority right now in camp is just getting TJ done. I think that's kind of it. Cause as you said, they're so deep. Right. Um, <laughs> watching these, the edge rushers, it's like, dang it, man. Like, I figure last year was like, after Highsmith, what do you got? Marsh yeah. looked great at times. Um, the guy that went to the Titans with Bud, I'm forgetting his name as well. You mentioned it before. Oh, but, yeah. Oli Danny. Danny yeah. Oli, yeah. And it's like, he wasn't really deep. Yeah. Like, oh, he's he's going to make the rush because he kind of has to. But, but. I, I've got to put that in perspective, too. Like, if Ola Adenii was on this roster, I'd probably, I probably wouldn't have him in the top five. No, he, here, hold on. I'll open the door for you. I'll, I'll open the door for you. Yeah. I mean, it, so, I, I would, I'd have Roche over him. I, I'd have Marsh, Ingram, of course, Highsmith, and, and Watt over him. Like, that's, that's how much this depth has changed from last year, our fourth best. All offensive or outside linebacker this year would might be our sixth or seventh. He'd be pushing with with Jones to be yep. the sixth best outside linebacker on this team. So really interesting stuff. And I, I haven't done any read up. I don't know if he's improved. Like this is just strictly going on what I remember he did last year and the previous years as a Steeler not taking into account what he's doing this year at not, Titans. He always looked good in camp. I was like, oh, man, this guy could be good. And then when he actually had those reps in the regular season, he didn't do anything with them. So I can't disagree with you on that. Right now, he'd be out the door. I'll open the door for you. You can, you, can, you know, I'll, don't let the door hit you on the way out kind of deal with him. So especially how deep they look this year. I can't – I'm so excited how deep they are on the line. Both, like, literally rushers and on the front. I'm just really pumped. It's – it's great having depth for once. Yeah. Don't really have to say that very often. Same thing on the inside. Um, Cause we really needed that last season. So. And so are you going to be at the Philly game this week? Yeah. Yep. Going Thursday. Going Thursday. Okay. Cause uh, the uh, there's somebody over here called Philly flipper over on YouTube chiming in said, this dude's bangs are out of control. I'll put them <laughs> suckers in the top five. So Philly. Already in the house, throwing shade, having fun with love us. Love it. Wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way, would you? Right? <laughs> oh, I love me some Philly. Yeah, I lived up in Bucks County for 13 years. And, you know, I love the I love the Phillies. I even like the Flyers a bit. I'm one of the few people that can watch the Flyers and the Penguins. And all of my Flyers friends and the people I played hockey with in Philly can't stand me for it. But everybody else, that's just the way I am. I know Pittsburgh would probably hate me for it, too. But I'm a Pennsylvania guy. Central PA. Jeez. I know. I'm a Central PA guy. My first favorite Pennsylvania hockey team, though, Hershey Bears. Hershey Bears, the first game I ever went to. Sucks that they're with Washington now. That sucks. Oh, my gosh. See, you always have something for me. Every every show, there's something <laughs> for me. And that's, what, that's what's great about you. There's always something that it's like Hershey Bears. Really. Who would have thought the Hershey Bears would have came up in this conversation today? Right. And, and a little shout out to the baby pens and Scranton Wilkesbury. I used to go up to those games as well. But yeah, Hershey Bears is my first love. Got a Hershey Bears jersey. I got to get a baby pens jersey. I still don't have one of them yet, but I, I definitely want to get a baby pens jersey. So Colton, another freaking awesome quick hour with my 
with my partner in crime and co-host for the season. I'm I love talking sports with you. Love anytime I can get you on the show. Obviously you're going to be at the game. So you're not going to do a post game uh, comments. I'm going to be in the Philly area, I think on Thursday night. Holy crap. So I'll be driving through. I might, I might, heck, I might stop in for the game, <laughs> but I, I'd like to get that Q and a done so, right after the game. So Steeler nation, I'm planning on trying to get this Q and a done. So hop on all of the Steeler nation channels, Steeler nation, Twitter, uh, which is at, uh, at Steeler nation, Steeler nation, um, Facebook, facebook.com slash Steeler nation com. And of course, YouTube Steeler Na- or youtube.com slash Steeler nation to do the Q and A's after the game blast last time. Looking forward to this again, Colton, you've got to tell Steeler nation how to follow you and how to follow that awesome podcast, personal foul podcast that you're on as well. Yeah. So you can follow the personal foul podcast um, on Twitter at foul score podcast had Michael Burton on from the Kansas city chiefs, former new Orleans saints uh, fullback. Um, so it was great talking to him about playing with drew Brees, now Patrick Mahomes, um, so that was exciting, but yeah, you can follow me on there and you can follow me uh, at the real sea wagon. Uh, that's where I post all my stewards contacts, kind of where I do all my stewards talking and ranting. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where you can find me. You can find the podcast anywhere on so, um, your outlets, Spotify, YouTube, Apple podcasts, wherever it's there. So give, awesome. me, a, give me a check and um, I'm always down to talk stewards or whatever football, football, any sports, right. Down to talk sports. And you can talk with the best from Colton. Love having you, man. I love being on here, man. Love talking the best team in the league and just my favorite. Love talking, man. Love talking Pittsburgh football. And this this weekend literally got me so fired up hearing all these legends talk just about the and the family of Pittsburgh. Yep. And I feel like every time I meet someone Steelers, it's family, man. I love it. And crap, Steeler Nation. I forgot. I have a podcast interview tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Join me live across these networks again. Um, Bring it up right now. Where was Justin? I am interviewing Christopher Carter over at from DK Pittsburgh Sports, writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports. So 10 a.m. tomorrow, me and Christopher Carter are going to be talking football again. I'm going to get his insight because he's a writer. He's in there watching the practices and we'll get some more in-depth questions for them tomorrow. So guys, Bring your questions for tomorrow. We'll talk to him tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. See you then. And Steeler Nation, go on over. Check out our sponsor at tseshop.com. Plenty of awesome stuff to pick up. Read our great articles at steelernation.com. Tweet us at steelernation. Instagram us at steelernation.com. Follow the podcast for Steeler Nation on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast. You can follow me if you want to watch somebody that doesn't that doesn't post much at SN Striker, Striker spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us for the steelernation.com podcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, with Colton Gesser rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!